We back, baby. Y'all know what it is. Welcome to podcast day each and every Monday. And this Monday ain't no different. Today is something special. We talking to the Pookies of the block. We talking to the Ray Ray Earl and them. All them brothers that get locked up, come out, go back, come out, go back. So this one is real special. We talking real deep to that hood, the good element. We got my man Gregory LeBeat on the line. He gonna share his expertise, author of The End of Recidivism, a wisdom-packed blueprint for self-transformation inside of prison to achieve success after prison. Man, my man's story is so crazy. After he did like 10, 10 years in the joint, he broke the cycle of recidivism to become a successful entrepreneur, multiple property owner, and author of the book I just told you about. Everything you need is in the show links. I'm real excited. Get your pen and pad out. This one is one of the special ones. I say they special all the time, but this one hits home. So, without further ado, my man Gregory S. LeBeat. Let's get him. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, world? We back with another From Hood to Good episode. It's your boy Ronnie Jacks holding it down. And today, I got another expert on you on the line. So get your pen and pad ready. I got Gregory LeBeat on the line. And Gregory, how you feeling today? Feeling wonderful. How, how are you? Man, I'm blessed, man. So, um, listeners, a little quick backstory about Gregory. He's a well-known expert on the subject of recidivism. Uh, we'll get into exactly what that is. And, you know, we just glad he he's here to bless us with his presence today, share his extensive knowledge and experience to talk about common myths, misconceptions in that area. Um, this one is for my former convicts and current convicts, you know, like that's a audience nobody really gets to speak to. So all you listeners, you know, your, your cousin, if you're not in prison listening to this, you know somebody, your family, Ray Ray and them, little Pookie Tank, all them Earl, you know, feel free to share this with, with them because we're going to drop something for those peoples who may be underserved. So, um, Gregory, thank you again for joining us. Um, let's jump right into it. Um, Greg, so can you tell us a little bit about your background? Because we know the story is 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 common where I'm from, um, but a lot of people may not relate to it. So can you share just a little bit of your background, how everything came to be? Yeah, yeah, 10-4. Um, so what happened was I moved to the United States when I was 10 years old from um, St. Croix, the U.S. Virgin Islands. And uh, my parents came up here to work in uh, Exxon. Well, after coming up here, you know, you know, men and women, they have differences. So my, my mother and father split. Well, at that point, that's when everything started going downhill. That single mom with uh, six kids stuff and uh, all the kids, like she couldn't work a job and keep an eye on us at the same time. So we started running around doing whatever we wanted to do because we had no supervision. And uh, we got like all of us got into the streets and uh, I started selling crack cocaine. I started selling mm -hmm. cocaine. I started selling pills, you know, anything just to generate revenue. And um, at the age of 15, I landed myself in a juvenile in the Texas Youth Commission. And I did a year and a half there and I got out. But I went right back to the same lifestyle. And within a matter of a month or two max, I was right back in there. And I did a little bit over a year and a half again. And then I got out and not a, not a month later again, I went right back into jail for, for burglary. So here I am at probably about age 17 in an adult facility now. Now I'm in state jail, you know, and I did eight months there and I got out again. And I didn't learn anything those times besides anything positive. I didn't learn anything besides like advancing the, the negative uh, mindset that I already have. You know what I mean? I came out with muscles. I came out with tattoos. I came out with connections. And I didn't last... Um, not even 60 days again, you know, and I, I got sentenced to seven years for um, aggravated assault. I shot someone, but that's exactly what happens to everyone. You know, we, we, we get caught up in the cycle of recidivism and once you're inside, man, it's hard to pull out, you know, and, and that mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened to me. So fast forward, right. 
I serve that time, seven years, and then I get out. And, and from the things that I learned this time, right. I know I'm never going to go back. You know what I mean? And I've been teaching people how not to go back also for the last 10 years. And, and it's work, you know? And, and basically, in, in a nutshell, that that's what happened to me. That's my story. Mm, yeah, I Man, I think it's 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 so common. I hear that so often. A lot of the time people get out of prison. Um, some have good intentions, but for whatever reason, they may not be able to land a job, just things the dots aren't connecting, they may want to shine a little bit. What are um like some of the mistakes that you've seen? Because I know you even mentored a lot of former convicts, uh current convicts. What are some of the things that Keep bringing these people back. Um, and from 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 your opinion, your perspective, from from experience and my opinion, right? Uh, we got out and we we try to make up a lost time. You know what I mean? We try to play catch up. We we try to jump right back into what we call the game with with the the knowledge that we picked up along the way in prison, and we come out and, and man, we go right back because like. While we were inside, we didn't we didn't look at things correctly. You know, when you inside a prison, you're supposed to be preparing yourself to get out to, to just like take off. But we prepare ourselves like getting our muscles right, getting tatted up, you know, doing all of that and then right. get out and think things going to be amazing. It doesn't it does not work like that, you know. So while we're inside a prison, we need to view prison as our launch pad, you know what I mean? That's a, that's the place that we go in and we're supposed to be detoxing, you know, getting our body back right, you know? That's that's the the place we're supposed to let go of our bad habits, you know, pick up new habits, you know, and start start rebuilding bonds with our families, you know what I mean? Start right. taking all the courses. We're supposed to do that on the inside and that way when we get out, we will give ourselves percentagely speaking a better chance of, of of lasting, you know? But that's not what takes place, you know? We and then when we get out we get out and get caught up in all the stuff that that like man we're not supposed to be dib and dabbling in we we like i have buddies that have went back to prison over over consuming alcohol you know is they not just drinking alcohol to have fun they drinking alcohol and, and they doing all kind of stuff they spitting out kids they they end up doing like abusing their wives and stuff you know it's just it's it's a lot man and uh what i'm saying is all this stuff can be prevented if you prepare prior to release you know, and when you get released, remember everything that you learned, you know. So, OK, so I have friends that have prepared like I prepared and they're living amazing, you know. And then I have friends that just like went in there and, and tried to be somebody in prison and all that stuff and get out. And they, they right back in prison now, you know. So right. you just got you just got to prepare, you know, prior to release. And uh, my book, it, it breaks down every single thing that I did because prior to writing this book, I, I, I was jotting all this down, this stuff down in prison. And then when I got out and I put all this stuff to the test and I'm like, man, this stuff really works. It took me eight years of just like documenting everything properly and putting it in a way that I can hand it to anyone and anyone can take that and, and get same or similar results, you know? Right. You know, just, just you know, things like that. I, I've seen stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen things like that also. Oh, absolutely, man. What I what I love, well, one thing I hear is so, and you kind of touched up on it a little bit, is that prison is like crime school, crime university. You go in there and you just learn more, make those connections and, and come out like a better criminal. And one thing I love about your book is that it points out um, not only things in theory, but you also give the real life experiences. And I noticed that it, even though it's geared towards um, current prisoners and, and, and things of that nature, it can also even help people on the outside that's free. Because as I was reading it, I'm like, wow, this is, you know, kind of speaking to me, especially now that I have, um, you know, this broken leg. So I'm kind of just like laid up right now and, and it's a quote unquote quarantine. Um, one thing that really kind of, uh, that I wanted you to speak about is you you speak about this um pre-installed guidance system. Um yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so like we've been looking at stuff differently, you know, like 
we like every time something happens or before it it, it happens like we like okay i'm gonna use my book for example the night i went to go commit my crime i knew i wasn't supposed to be there you know and, and mm. multiple times like while i was going to that neighborhood because i was in a gang that was gang that was enemy territory i knew not to go there i was like hey dude just just go somewhere else go party somewhere else right but i still went you know what i'm saying is that little voice or that 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 feeling that 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 tugging like like hey just just go some go hang out somewhere else that right there is is your guidance system you know mm. like we have to be able to to feel that or hear that and and listen to it you know and everybody everybody has has or had a moment like that before where where something is telling them hey slow down or or maybe you shouldn't you know and we don't listen to it you know we have a pre-installed guidance system and if we were to listen to that man we would be in, in such a better situation and and that's what the guidance system is yes sir yeah, I think some people like call it the guidance. Some people call it um, uh, the the creator, the universe. You called it something that I that I like. So I can't really recollect. Was it um source energy or something like that? The source. Yeah, I call it source energy or the source of creation. But correct, the source source energy. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and I think um, man, some of us we even know that, and just to be even on a more practical level, we know that. Hey man, I shouldn't have this Bergen prize right now. You know, I'm trying to uh, get some weight goals, or I know I should go work out. I'm trying to reach this specific physique, but kind of don't listen into that to that um inner guidance, that inner voice, or what you refer to as the pre-installed guidance system. I like mm -hmm. that. Um, can you tell us more about how, like, steps to assist and with 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 guiding those thoughts, you know, like when you're hearing it, because, yeah, like I said, I love how you speak in theory and then give the practical steps that you took, and which is now evident. So can you give the listeners some steps to assist and guide in their thoughts? Yeah, so, okay, so when you wake up in the morning, right, that is the best time to, to start like uh, doing the affirmations or, or doing any type of prayer or doing anything to 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 keep to make the rest of your day go beautiful because like it's throughout the day that your your uh, your thoughts run left and run run right but when you first wake up in the morning it's like you calm you relax your energy is like like real low so um in that moment that's when you need to make the decision that you know today's gonna be a good day you know and uh, right. and as soon as uh, negative thoughts start coming into your head like just sidestep it you know don't don't try to don't try to reason your way like through the thoughts like say so you have a bad situation right don't don't think of of that situation at all just just immediately switch your thought to something else i've done that plenty of times i call it pivoting you know mm -hmm. it's like where it's not denying that something happened or or you know you have feelings about a thought it's just that caring about your mental health and caring about your space right then and there in that moment you just switch thoughts to something else you know right it's still, right. you're not denying that it's just that that you want to feel good right now so you need to you think about something else instantaneously and you can come back to that thought or whatever that situation is later on when you get stronger but right mm -hmm. now while while you're not right switch your thought to something else. That's one thing I do. I pivot. And uh, another thing I do is um, the moment I get up in the morning and I like I go to brush my teeth or something like that, I'm putting on YouTube one of the um, the, the the meditation mixes or, or uh, like the sounds of nature or things of that. And, you know, with the birds or the, the water or, or some right. piano. I'm playing that soon as I open my eyes. Because I'm making a conscious decision that I want my day to go good, you know, and, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it goes like that. You know what I mean? So throughout the day, like like uh, your, your thoughts might be negative and you, you got to it's fine if, if that happens. It's just that mm -hmm. don't stay in that mood, you know. So um, right. that's another thing I do. Uh, well, oh, oh, I don't listen to any heavy speeches or anything like that. Like, uh, you know, we all go to YouTube and we watch the motivational, blah, blah. I don't right. do any of that stuff until later on in the day. You know? Yeah, the stuff that needs your, like, your full attention, right? You kind of, 
you listen like passively, right? Like something you could have has the speeches going, like his music playing and they talking at the same time. Am I correct with that? Yeah, I do that later. In the mm-hmm. beginning okay. portion of the day, I just do the, the easy, relaxed stuff, man. I, I just I just chill, you know what I'm saying? And um some of the other stuff I do, huh? Oh well, don't get don't give it all up because you talk about it so much. You go into so much depth in the book, and I just want to remind everybody: it's called the End of Recidivism. Gregory Labit. I'll leave the link in the show notes. You know how we do. I like to make it real simple. So all you got to do is just search down below, click the link. Um, it's all lined up. And um, Greg, if I could, um, is it okay if I call you Greg? I try to be as respectful. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, all right. So you um, you said you went in 18 months, got out, went in again, 18 months, got out, went in again. For like, for, like, it was just a back and forth thing. Eight months. And I, eight, eight months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, eight months. All right. And I see that happening so frequently. Like, what? why didn't you learn the first time? What like what happened in between now where you are? Like, why did it take so many times going back and forth for you to kind of get the message? What happened for you to get the message in the first place? Okay, so one of the big things for me is I went right back to the same friends that I had prior to, and they didn't go to jail. You know what I'm saying? I went to jail, but when I got back out, they were still doing the exact same thing, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. should have, like, just went with family or just dealt with school, but no, I had to go back with my friends. And when I got back with them, it's like five or six of them, and it's me thinking partially better than I did before, but all of them, like, it overpowers whatever little positive stuff you have going on you know what i mean you, oh, like, you i know, know <laughs> yeah, yeah i know yeah you know how they say you have like four uh rich friends or whatever you get a, you you join that group you possibly become rich but if you have like four broke friends and you join that group you possibly gonna become poor you know what i mean right it's exactly like that man i, I went right back to them and they welcomed me with open arms and and in a blink of an eye i was right back in jail you know and we we all make the same mistakes that's one of the things i did in a when I got out, like I told you, nothing had changed even with my own family. Like I still didn't have any guidance. I went in when I was 15. I got mm-hmm. out when I was 16. And I mean, I, no one, she still was working at fast food. My mom, she was still working at fast food restaurants and stuff like that. I still got five other siblings in the house. You know what I mean? So no one is watching me. No one is making sure anything. I don't have any guidance from like father figures. We in the projects too. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. We're talking about the hood and the project. No, no, I was raised in that thing, you know. And uh, dude, I was going outside and, and, and dude, it, I, I got it, I never I went right back to the same environment, man. You you got to you got to change that, you know. And that's pretty much a that's pretty much how that took place. I, that's that's a bit. Oh, that's the when I was a teenager. But the last time when I went to prison as an adult, mm-hmm. that time was different. I got out and I started hustling. I'm talking about crack cocaine i was i was out there and in that part of life uh you know doing real good and i started using that stuff not the crack just the cocaine and uh i started using that and the the um the alcohol oh man that stuff oh oh and the ecstasy man that stuff jumped Mm. on me and that's what ended up getting me i got hooked on the on the drugs and the partying and all that and uh i got real loose loose with the way i was living and that's how i ended up in prison Wow, man. I I must say, like, to see you now and for you to hear even like you had a um cocaine, like alcohol acts to see all of that stuff and to, to kind of like see where you are now, man. It's it's um it's like a, I want to congratulate you, brother, because I, I think that like that's a almost like a one. That's not almost. It definitely is a 180. And, you know, I see so many brothers like with good intentions just get sucked in, like you said, going back to that old circle of friends. And, you know, it's even it's even I've even seen um jail be considered like a coming of age or something like you're not really in with us un- until you've been been locked up. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's weird. It's just crazy. But um, if if you because you said when you were in prison there was somebody older that that kind of gave you a book and in your book you mentioned the law of attraction a lot and it kind of 
started from this one book? Like what was like what what bid was you on when you got this book and kind of like what was going through your mind as you begin to read and see, oh, I'm attracting this and kind of yeah. put that into play. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I was in prison in a Telford unit in Texas and uh I had seven years and what happened was my cellmate, he um he Your brought Sally. <laughs> Sally, yeah, Sally. Yeah. And uh, I still call him Sally right now. I talked to him the other day, uh Keedron Brewster. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he, he Brewster is a guy on, on YouTube and on Facebook and stuff like that. He opened an 18 wheeler company and he only hires felons. So he, he's trending. He's been all over. He's part of the trucking gurus. But me and him, uh, yeah, we were talking about the law of attraction. He handed me this book. And uh, the, the author is Esther and Jerry Hicks. It's the lady from the movie The Secret, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. in that book, man, it was so much powerful stuff in there. And she she said the same thing, like uh, nothing forces itself into your reality, you know? Everything that comes to you is because you attracted it, you know, and, and I, I could see how I ended up in that that space that I was in, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that, that's exactly correct, man. I sat there and I read that book and it felt like she was talking to me. She wrote this book for everybody. But I'm saying, though, when I'm reading these words, it's like she was talking to me. And uh, when something is that strong. I mean, you have to submit to it, you know, and, and I had to submit to it. See, I had to do something different because I saw what happened every time I did the same thing. Look what happened. I got the exact same results. So if I wanted something to change, I needed to do something different. And I did something different. I bought into everything that lady said. And now my life is amazing because I did. So, you know what I mean? I, I had to try something else. And that, that's basically how I got here. Does that answer your question? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it answers it and it, it like leaves some more because I'm yeah. like, um, I, I see what I see is a lot of people like have or they may not have read The Secret or The, or the Law of Attraction, but they think, oh, all I have to do is think it and then it's just going to pay like, oh, million dollars, million dollars, million dollars. And then you look in your bank account and it ain't no million dollars. It's like you ain't really putting no action in. And yeah. it's another part of your, in the um in your in the in the the end recidivism book where you speak of um you could tell who prepared prior to release mm -hmm. um and this one I want to I want to like kind of have you speak to our Ray Rays out there who still may be locked up um what are yeah. some of the steps that you took and while incarcerated that kind of put you on the trajectory to, that as soon as you got released this time, it's different. I'm going to hit the ground running because, man, I promise you, I know I might probably said it earlier, but I see so many people go to prison, have good intentions when they get out and things just don't line up the way they, the way they want them to. Um, can you talk about that preparation? And you speak about this in the book too, but just for the listeners, kind of give them a little bit of that, little bit of that uh, lettuce and tomatoes on, on that, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, so some of the things I did to prepare prior to release was me in the library. We were best of friends. You know, I stayed in the library I, every time. Every time my door rolled, I was either going to get something to eat, going to the rec yard or I was going to the library, you know. And uh, when I went to the library, my favorite area was the, the self-help. The seven high habits of highly effective people, things of that nature. And I just dove into it. You know, you got you got to, to find the best things that you can in there to better yourself. And you'll find those things in the library because, you know, in a book, you could read a book and learn years worth of wisdom in a matter of days. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, a, and if, you, if you have five years, you can just read like a book, a week book. Because you don't really have a lot of things to do in there besides go to rec and, and then go to eat. And, and then what, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you have in there to do, but to, to like read and better yourself. So I would take that time and I would get a book from the library, prefer, preferably self-help. I mean, I rotated with other things, but self-help. That that's one of the big things I did, right? So I did mm -hmm. that, and then uh, while I was inside, I also made sure 
even though I had friends that that might have been like still growing on the lower end and stuff, I, I would go and find other people that were similar to me, you know, just like I had friends on the outside that would influence me negatively or allow myself to be influenced. Well, when I was inside, I found like just like my celly, you know, I was blessed to have the dude as my celly, Keaton Bruce. I was blessed to have him and Derek Marshall, you know, uh, two gentlemen from Dallas, you know, crazy. And uh, both of those guys would talk about the same things I'm talking about and would dream with me. You know what I mean? You'd be sharing your dreams. I mean, when I get out, I'm going to do this. And I'd be like, man, hell yeah. When I get out, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? And, and I had people like that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't surround myself with just all people that that didn't really care about their future. You know, you have to care about your future. So uh, I made sure I surrounded myself with the correct people. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, oh, I wrote, I wrote everything down. I made a plan. You know, I, I didn't know exactly what years or, or how long it was going to take when I got out to do X, Y, Z. But I sat there and I, I wrote everything down. I had a journal and uh, I would just write like, you know, what I wanted to do, you know. And then when I when I when I said, like, I want to go to school and I started writing down, like, how I was going to possibly make this happen. You know what I mean? Then I have another goal. And I said, like, how can I possibly make this happen? I'll write everything down. And I had different books for different things. You know what I mean? And uh now I'm not talking about that. Let me jump back to that the 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 um the library. So when you take a book that you really like, right? Take your notepad, and and whenever you come to something in that book that 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 like really just is powerful to you, write that down in in your notepad. You know what I mean? Write down why this is powerful. What did it make you think of? Just just put it down and write it because. When you put things down and writing, you you bringing it from from one end to the real world. You know what I'm saying? And right. and it's just it's just an amazing practice. And you can come back to this because I I do this all now in my house right now. I have books where I wrote things down. I went back and, and read them, and I was like, man, this boy right here, boy, you he was onto something. Man, this this right here, you know, you you got to write stuff down. I, that's another thing that I did. And uh, while I was in prison, also um. I worked on the my speech, you know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I started reading all type of books and started cleaning up the way that I talk because you know, you know what I'm saying? When we come from a certain place, man, we talk real horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when we go out into the world, man, we can't be talking like that. You know, we we, we talk to each other one way, but you know. When you go into a professional setting, you need to be able to, to you know, talk properly. You know? right. <laughs> yeah, I, I cleaned that up, you know what I mean? I worked on my cursing. Me and my buddy, right, we had a little game going where every time we curse, depending on the curse word, push up. You know what I mean? The, mm. the N word was 50. You know what I mean? The, the F word, 25. You know, we, we give different curse words, different amount of push-ups. And every time... Every time I say something, he suddenly say something, we tap each other like, hey, come on, give me that. And you got to drop immediately and give it to him. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, you got to surround yourself with the right people, like I'm saying, you know. And uh, that, that was another little thing we did right there. Man, it was it was so much, man. It was so much, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, man, yo, I just I just love this story. And, and for the listeners, he's not just talking. Um, I hate to, like, talk about figures and everything but my man you own real estate now mm -hmm. and all of that good stuff so like it's so much that's covered in the book i know we won't even have time to get into everything because i i kind of want to stay focused on my um on my people who may be in jail or maybe on a on the verge of getting out of jail or people who have family members in jail you spoke about the uh, i see a lot of common denominators when it comes to success the company you keep thank god you were able to have two sellies that had the same mentality as you did while inside to kind of like get that get that momentum going inside and come outside and hit the ground running and i think that's just dope and awesome and beautiful and like a, like a god you know a god given right there but um at, you, you also speak about perspective and I, I thought that was awesome this part really spoke to me you said um and i i you know no doubt i related it to my broken leg right now being laid up um, it's, it's dealing with turtle and rabbit mode and how prison was like a speed bump, you know, mm -hmm. can yeah. you kind of, um, help the people on perspective? Cause some people come into prison and like, oh man, it's over. You know, this is, this is it. 
Can you help them to kind of reframe that thinking from a different perspective and how you looked at it where, well, even if you didn't look at it like that in the beginning, like how, how did, how can they begin to change their perspective on that? Uh, it's called turtle and rabbit mode in a book. Y'all, if y'all yeah, curious yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so when you go to prison, right? I, I said prison is a speed bump because, uh, we were all moving fast, you know, and, and what is a speed bump? It's a it's an awareness tool. It's something that when you strike it, it brings your attention back to the present. You know what I mean? It makes you like say, OK, I, I need to slow down. Now, you know, I, if you hit a speed bump too hard, you're going to understand, you know, and that's what prison is. You know what I mean? And it, and everything, everything is based off of your perception of prison. If you view prison as as a place that like, oh, they just taking away like your freedom and they just going to detain you. No, no, no. Prison is a speed bump man. you were moving fast. Like they didn't put you there. You put yourself there. You know what I mean? So mm. prison is made to slow you down and make you just look at life. You know what I mean? Make, make you look at your decisions in life and uh, to help you make be a better be a better decision maker. So right. what I did is. I viewed prison as a rehabilitation center. You know, when you mm. view prison like that, it's, you, you can have a different relationship with it because of like how you view something determines how you react to it. You know, like a person that you don't too much care for, like they talking to you and stuff like that. You just you just not you, you know, you're going to respond differently to that person versus a person that you actually like coming up to you. You're going to have life and you, you're going to have a different attitude. Well, it's the same thing with prison. You know, you have to look at prison as a um, not a criminal university, but look at it as a rehabilitation center. You know, you're there to get yourself back together. You're there to add value to yourself. You're there to replace old habits with new habits. You're, you're there to, to repair bonds with your family, repair repair bonds with, with you and your inner being. You know what I mean? And right. that's what I did. You know, just it's just the way you view it. You know, don't don't view prison as anything other than a blessing because it could have easily been something else if you would have stayed out and, and continued on the path that you were on. It could have been way worse, you know? And that, that's basically what I want to tell them about that. Yeah, cause, um, I remember this story. It's about this guy who, who like, I can't re recollect it verbatim, but a lot of bad things were happening in his life. And, you know, people would, would say, oh, aren't, like, your crops went bad, aren't you? Um, You know, shouldn't you be sad? And he just like, yo, it, it is, it is what it, like, control what you can't control. That's kind of control what you can control. Excuse me. That's kind of like the message, you know, that he, that he was saying from it. And yeah, I, I even had some friends who you could, you could tell it's evident. They went to prison. Um, did they bid, did they time came out and now they running laps around people. And I, I see you doing the same thing. Um, and in your book, part one, what, what I got from it, Part one is more about the mindset of why while you're in prison, like the mindset you need to have, the day-to-day -day operations. It doesn't go into detail, but it's more about the mind and like it's kind of like the mental training grounds. And then it's a part two where you talk about upon release. Can you um like bless us with some of your uh some of your recommendations upon release or even like when you first got out, because I know it wasn't all um, rainbows and unicorns when you first got out, I know there were some challenges. Can you tell us about like when you first got out, what you was doing, how, like how the ball began to roll and how you just built on that momentum to be where you are now? Okay. So while I was in prison, I had done so much research on, on like the industries. Cause I had a Inc 500. I had uh, the small business. I had all of the magazines about what was going on with the world. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I had already made up my mind that I was going to go work in the plants when I got out. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. due to the, the preparation I did prior to release, when I was released, I actually had smooth sailing, you know? And the, the big thing was that prior to being released, I knew that everything was going to be all right. I didn't go out there thinking like, man, you know, this could happen. This could happen. While those things are true, 
You can't go out there with that in your head. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. there's people that get out and, and they go on to live amazing lives and you could easily be one of those. And I, I believe that I was going to be one of those people. So I did everything in my power on the inside. I fixed my speech, I uh, fixed the way I everything, you know? And when I got out, I actually turned in an application with brand energy and infrastructures my first week upon release. And I got a job in the plant making good money. You know what I mean? Instantly. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that, that you can go from prison living how you live in to like that. You know, don't get me wrong. Some people do get out and have issues, but that's not a hundred percent of the people, you know? So you could easily be one of the people that get out and do good, you know? So because I was, and I have friends that are exactly like me that have done time and got out and they're living good and they're working with me. You know what I mean? So it is very possible. So can I, can I just, um, yeah, you, you said, you said smooth selling. Now I want to clarify smooth selling because a lot of people think smooth selling, you got out, you just got your crib and like, and just everything smooth selling wasn't as smooth as you're making it sound right now. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. You you didn't you you had to live with your parents, you're with your mom for a while, right? You kind of had it. to, yeah, yeah. So, like, like, tell us about that. Tell us the gritty side. Like, oh, <laughs> my bad, my bad. You know what I'm saying? I, I trained myself to stay over here on this. Oh, I got you. I got you. I though. got. I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was when I got out, I stayed with my mother, and uh, she she had a, a, a empty room. And I stayed in the empty room. I don't I stayed in there for a while, you know, but uh, I started just working um, all the overtime that was available. I worked all of that and uh, I would just give her X amount of 100 uh, every check. And I, I went in. Uh, I, I filled out an application for an apartment. They turned me down and um, I was out trying to figure it out. So I just stayed with my mom longer while I, I tried to figure it out. And then I, I figured something out. I figured out that RV parks don't do background checks on people because that's what that's what got me uh, turned down from getting an apartment of my background. Well, I found out that RV parks don't do background checks. They just want their money, you know, and, and um, the light bill, the water bill, all of that stuff is included with your monthly rent, you know, and it was only like one third the, the price of an apartment, you know, four to five hundred dollars a month, all bills paid. You know, so I just went and purchased a used RV, put it at an RV park, and bam, you know, the rest is history on that portion. Yeah, so when I said smooth sailing, I was thinking of one thing, but correct, though, I, I did go through that. I just didn't view it, too. You know, it was just something that had to be done, you know, but right. that that is a feasible option. You get out and, and go get your RV, a used one, like we're getting one right now from my pops. You can get one five, six thousand, you know what I mean? And you can save up here and there from working your job. Get one of those, put that in the RV park. You don't have to worry about getting turned down for applications and stuff like that, for having a background. You don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, be clear because I, I like the people in here smooth selling and, and then they have to go live with their parents. And like, they're like, man, Greg said it was going to be smooth selling. I'm living <laughs> with my mama. <laughs> it's like, nah, man. He just kept his head down, did the work, put the work in, and just kept, yeah. kept pushing forward. Um, you speak about that too, like as far as um pushing forward, you know, just just moving forward, kind of like um, what what you say with the uh, when you're driving in the fog and it's it's it's, it's a food for thought section. I re I really like that one because yeah, yeah, I, I kind of yeah, yeah. use the same analogy. Um, yeah. So you know, listeners, if you got somebody you know in there, or even in life, man, I just want to encourage y'all you. You may not know what step Z looks like, but just work on the step that's right in front of you. That's what my man Gregory did. And as you can see, it's evident. Um, Greg, who who exactly is this book for? Who who would you say it's for? Like, I know it's for prisoners, but who would you say what type of personality trait or characteristic that the uh, reader would have? You, you know, uh, I kind of want to tear up a little bit, man. Uh, when I wrote this book, man, I wrote it with my younger self in mind, you know, because like I, I kept going back. I couldn't break the cycle. 
because I didn't know how to break the cycle, you know. So I created what I created to catch me, to catch the younger dudes that are like me. You don't got to be younger. You could be at any stage of your life, but I'm saying my intentions is just, just to catch people in the early stages of their experiences and in that cycle. You don't need to do this three, four times. You know, I already did that. Uh, I paid attention. I sincerely did everything and I documented everything. And I, I got out and 10 years of me testing this and, and proving that it worked. I created this book and now I'm giving it to everyone to, to end their cycle of recidivism also. That's why I titled it intentionally the end of recidivism, because when I wrote this, that's the impact I had in mind. I want this to end the, the cycle of recidivism in people's lives that still have an opportunity to come out and go on to live amazing lives, you know? So I don't have a specific, like, uh, like outside of that, I don't, I didn't have any intention other than people, people that are in a, in this, like, you know, have an opportunity to come home. You have an opportunity to come home and live an amazing life, man. This this will make it a one time or your last trip. Mm. I love it, man. I love it, man. I love it. Oh, yeah, that's woo. Yeah, I think this book is going to benefit so many people in prison, out of prison, just in life, man. And and God, I'm, I thank God for putting in your heart. To want to speak to that younger Gregory, and and because the younger Gregory is so is 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 Pookie on the corner, you know what I mean? Is is Ray Ray, and that really embodies the whole from hood to good podcast. What we want to fulfill, which what you're what you're fulfilling in the process of doing, man. And I just um can't thank you enough, man. That that's just so amazing. Wow. I really appreciate the opportunity too, because like this is amazing what you're doing. You're creating the platform for stories like this to be told to other people so you can bless them, man. So so hey, appreciate you also. Yeah, uh -huh. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Oh, hold on, let me get it back up beat, man, because you had me over here like Tearing yeah. up. I know I ain't got much my things on it. I'm gonna let I, mean, I ain't gonna even edit this one. They're gonna get the full conversation. You know, this is yeah, this is amazing. Um ooh, so hey, go ahead. You good? Is it nah, is it is it anything that I that I haven't asked you about um, you know, recidivism that that a lot of prisoners suffer from that you that you want to share, like that may not be um, well known as far as the, the the stereotypes or anything, anything I might have forgot to mention that you're like, oh, he didn't ask me about this, you know, that you just want to bring awareness to. Uh, well, a lot of people in prison are really there because they're suffering from childhood traumas, you know. And uh, I just want to tell everybody that things that happen in your past, it's in your past, you know what I mean? That stuff doesn't have to to drag you down the rest of your life, but I see every day that things that happen to people while they were younger, it still affects them while they're adults, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you have a choice. You don't have to, to sit there and wear that thing around your, your neck, like a, a, some type of weight, you know, you can use whatever happened to you in your past and use it as, as jet fuel, you know, your past mm -hmm. is your past. It does not have to determine your future. So while something did happen or you went through stuff, man, you can't put that behind you and move forward. And that, that's something that, that needs to be said. Yes, correct. Facts, facts. Ooh, all right. Once again, the book is The End of Recidivism. Um, I must confess that I didn't even know what recidivism was until I stumbled across your, your, your book. So thank you for that as well. Um. Gregory, thank you so much for a great interview. I'm sure the whole audience got a a lot of clearer under a lot a better understanding of the re the realities of what's going on, and and I, I want to say not uh, urban communities, but this is going on everywhere. Uh, um, the U.S. Yeah. has the highest prison population 
ever. Yeah. So I want to, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that so much. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm really digging this one out. I don't want to end it. <laughs> um, any, any final thoughts you want to let them know where to find you? I know you're at regularbeat.com, but any, anything, um, any other places, resources that they could, you could point them to? Like, Besides GregoryLabit.com, all I have is a, a Facebook page, Gregory S. Labit. My S is my middle name. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the two places you can reach out to me. Got it, got it. And as usual, guys, I'll leave the links in the show notes, make it real easy. Um, Greg, I, I, I'm going to bring this question out of retirement because my heart is, is like, it's happy for what's going on. But I, I, I now I want to smile again. Let us know what you do for fun. Oh man, uh, <laughs> hey dude, I just came back from uh, Egypt right now. You know what I mean? Last week, uh, <laughs> I just uh, I just got finished riding a camel through the desert, and uh, I rode it through. Um, me and my wife, we rode a camel through the Giza Pyramid Complex. So that's the Great Pyramid and uh, mm. where the Sphinx is. You know what I mean? I, I did all that. I went to Alexandria, where Alexander the Great was, where they erected a statue for him and all that stuff. We uh, we, we, we toured around uh, the, the the country of Egypt. And that, that was pretty cool, man. It was 16 hours of flying on a plane uh, each way. But, man, well worth it. And we'll do it again. But that's, that's what I do. Man, I, I love... I love making money and I love traveling. That's what I'm taking care of my family. Those are the things that make me happy. And I do um, at least probably seven trips out of the country per year and inside the country. I don't know. I do those regularly, you know, and that's the things that I do that make me happy, man. I, I travel to have fun with my family. That's what that's what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? But I find other things that make me happy later as time goes. That's mm. what yeah. Wow. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And and you also mentioned something like that similar in the book. I'll I'll just share a little teaser with you guys, something that I caught. Greg discovered he could live like a I don't want to say like a drug dealer, but you know when you got out, they thought you was back in the streets because you was you was doing your thing. So yeah. um I, I, I said it. Before I'll say it again, maybe I didn't say it on this podcast, but the 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 price of watching over your back, watching for police, for me it ain't worth it. No. You know, at, at least for me. And no. yeah, to see to see, there's so many research. I mean, so many resources out there that um, we don't really have to go that route. You know no. what I mean? And um, yeah. Any any words of encouragement, words of hope before we yeah, before we. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Before we all get up out of here, yeah. And uh, like when you get out, right? You don't have to pay for schooling or anything like that. You know, like you can get a grant from the government, and they'll pay for your schooling. You know what I mean? Or you can get out. There's companies out here that, and that's what I did. They'll pay for your schooling and pay you for going to school 40 hours a week like you're working. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's a beautiful, it's some beautiful stuff out here if you, if you know what you want to do. You know what I mean? And um, that's one thing. And uh, another word of encouragement, man, I wake up every day on waterfront property, right? So I wake up on a lake now, but I'm building on the beach as we speak. And when I say beach, I'm talking about my home, the sand dunes, the water. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. man, you can you can leave the, the life that you live in and come over here and live an amazing life. And I'm not the only one. I have buddies just like me that are living amazingly, you know, like they're doing the exact same thing, you know. So it's not a I'm not an isolated, you know, this is not an isolated incident, and I'm not some lucky person, you know what I mean? I, I did what I put in my book. And if you do what I put in my book, you can live like this also, you know. You know what a bad year of income for me is something under 200 K. That that's that's mm. a things that didn't go right that year. You know what I mean? And, and dude, I, I I don't have any special anything. I didn't come look when I was in prison. I didn't have any work history. I didn't know how this was going to go, like specifically what I was going to do. So when I got out, I had to figure out what I wanted to do and like start doing it and grow and seeing what's out here in the world. And then I chose something and then I moved in that direction. So 
you could be in there with no experience in anything and come out here and just absolutely shine. You know what I mean? Because all you got to do at that point, because you've already did your work on the inside, when you come out, all you got to do is pick something and, and just take wherever you are into that and just grow, you know? So, yeah, just mm. just know that it's not me out here. And because you, when you read my book, you're going to see what I'm saying. I'm, I'm out here taking care of business, you know what I mean? His duty, I, I'm not some special dude. I'm just like you, you know what I mean? I was just disciplined, you know what I mean? And I sincerely put my best foot forward and I followed all those principles and it equals this. You know, so it's the same recipe. Like you could take the same recipe and reproduce this. That's the purpose of the book to reproduce this. And it can easily be done. And I go back into prison now. Corona messed everything up. But prior to this, I was going back into prison. I was speaking to people, all the, the, the guys in there. I was going to juveniles. I was doing all that. You know what I mean? And I know this stuff works because I have people out here right now that, that man, we hang out now to this day. And they're grateful because I've taught them the things that I've taught them, you know. So just read the book, put your best foot forward, you know, and if you don't take 100% of it, it's fine. Take whatever, whatever you can add to your tool belt that'll make you a better person. Take that and put your best foot forward. You'll be all right. I'll, I'll pass the floor at this point. Yeah, man. He's not a unicorn. And, and, and yeah, if you don't, if you don't take everything out the book, do it, do it. He did. He mentioned that in the book as well. Take a little bit here, take a little bit there and be your own true punch of uniqueness and, and, and be extra sweet with it. So again, thank you, Gregory, for sharing with us. Thank you to all the listeners for checking us out, checking this episode out. Thank you for killing that, um, for shooting that recidivism uh, uh, mentality in the heart. You're trying to kill that. And uh, just listeners, I want to remind you to check out GregoryLabeat.com. I'll leave it in the show notes. Check out the book, The End of Recidivism. Um... Yeah, we're going to keep this thing going. From hood to good, baby. Y'all have a good one. There you have it once again, ladies and gentlemen. Another From Hood to Good banger featuring my man Gregory Labeat. This one hit home, man. It, yo, one of the crazy parts is, man, even I teared up. I hit the mute, so you ain't hear me doing that. But... Yo, it just got real wild and crazy. But I hope y'all enjoyed it. And do remember, no matter what, no matter where your story begins, you can rewrite the ending with the power of sincere change. Check out the end of recidivism now to break the cycle and begin planning for the amazing life ahead of you. And also, do hit us up on that IG at from hood to good send us an email send us a message if you got something to share we'll check it out chop it up and take it from there your boy ronnie jacks once again from hood to good let's go baby